Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 81 is from a series called Poet's Corner. This podcast is entitled Sir Gwaine and the Green Knight, Part 4, Justice. Part 1 is entitled The Pledge in which Sir Gawain made a covenant with the Green Knight to come to his Green Chapel in a year's time. Part 2 is entitled, The Quest, in which Sir Gawain took the long and treacherous journey to find the Green Chapel. Part 3 is entitled, The Three Temptations, in which Sir Gawain decided his final fate, not on the battleground, but in his own bed in a beautiful castle that secretly housed his enemy. This is the final podcast in this short series. Part 4 is entitled, Justice in which Sir Gawain submits himself to the acts of the Green Knight. The journey into the unknown is a journey we all take. As with any Christian epic, the author strives to teach us how to prepare for that journey. Now the new year drew nigh, and the night passed, and the day chased the darkness as if God's will, but wild weather wakened therewith. The clouds cast the cold to the earth with enough of the north to slay them that lack clothing. The snow draved smartly, and the whistling wind blew from the heights, and made great drifts in the valley. The knight, lying in his bed, listened, for though his eyes were shut, he might sleep but little, and hearkened every cock that crew. It is little wonder that Sir Gawain had a fitful sleep. On the morrow he meets the green knight, who by agreement is going to chop off his head. A year previous, Gawain chopped off the green knight's head not knowing that the Green Knight was under the spell of the wicked witch Morgan Le Fay. Gawain assumed that the Green Knight would die when Gawain chopped off his head. Instead, the Green Knight picked up his head and, while holding his severed head in his hand, reminded Sir Gawain of his covenant to meet him in one year's time to receive like measure. He arose ere the day broke by the light of a lamp that burned in his chamber, and called to his chamberlain, bidding him bring his armor and saddle his steed. The other gat him up and fetched his garments and robed Sir Gawain, and he left not the lace, the lady's gift, that Gawain forgot not for his own good. Sir Gawain put all of his hopes on the golden green scarf, which he thought would protect him by magic. Sir Gawain puts on his armor, But in his fear, he transferred his faith from his helmet, his shield, his sword, his mail, his breastplate, and his boots to faith in magic. He discounted the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, and the shield of faith, and put his hope in sorcery. When he had girded on his sword, he wrapped the gift twice about him, swathed around his waist. The girdle of green silk set gaily and well upon the royal red cloth, rich to behold, But the knight, wear it not for pride of the pendants, polished though they were with fair gold and gleamed brightly on the ends, but to save himself from sword and knife, when it behooved him to abide his hurt without question. Gwaine follows his guide. The weather befits the gallant knight's mood. The two went by hedge where the boughs were bare and climbed the cliff where the cold clings, not fell from the heavens, but twas ill beneath them. Mist brooded over the moor and hung on the mountains. Each hill had a cap, a great cloak of mist. The guide tempts Gwaine and tries to convince him to break his oath and promises that he will keep silent. 
Gawain, still unaware that the guide is under the power of the Green Knight, and that everyone in the castle who befriended him sought his death, answered the guide. Sir, he said, I have brought you hither, and now ye are not far from the place ye have sought so specially. But I will tell you forsooth, since I know ye well, and ye are such a knight as I well love, would ye follow my counsel, ye would fare the better. The place whither ye go is accounted full perilous, for he who liveth in that waste is the worst on earth, for he is strong and fierce, and loveth to deal mighty blows, taller is he than any man on earth, and greater of frame than any four in Arthur's court, or in any other. And this is his custom at the Green Chapel. There may no man pass by that place, however proud his arms, but he does him to death by force of his hand, for he is a discourteous knight, and shows no mercy. Therefore, good Sir Gawain, let the man be, and get ye away some other road, for God's sake seek ye another land, and I will hie me home again, and I promise ye further that I will swear by God and the saints, or any other oath ye please, that I will keep counsel faithfully, and never let any wit the tale that ye fled for fear of any man. Sir Gawain, however, is bound by his oath to meet the knight, though it cost him his life. Gawain is still unaware that his greatest enemy was the Green Knight's wife, who sought to seduce him while the Green Knight was away. He was unaware that every decision he made in the castle determined whether he lived or died. Gramercy, quoth Gawain, but ill-pleased. Good fortune be his who wishes me good, and that thou wouldst keep faith with me, I will believe. But didst thou keep it never so truly, and I passed here and fled for fear, as thou sayest? Then were I a coward knight, and might not be held guiltless. So I will to the chapel let chance what may, and talk with that man, even as I may list whether for weal or for woe, as fate may have it. Fierce though he may be in fight, yet God knoweth well how to save his servants. The guide, who does not share Gwen's nobility, answers. Well, quoth the other, now that ye have said so much that ye will take your own harm on yourself, and ye be pleased to lose your life, I will neither let nor keep ye. Now fare ye well, noble Gwen, for all the gold on earth I would not go with ye, nor bear ye fellowship one step further. Though Gwen lacks wisdom, he does not lack courage. Quoth Gwain, I will neither greet nor groan, but commend myself to God, and yield me to his will. Then the knight spurred Gringolet, and rode it down the path close in by a bank beside a grove. So he rode through the rough thicket, right into the dell, and there he halted, for it seemed him wild enough. No sign of a chapel could he see but high and burnt banks on either side, and rough ragged crags with great stones above. All ill-looking place, he thought it. Then he drew in his horse and looked around to seek the chapel, but he saw none and thought it strange. Then he saw, as it were, a mound on a level space of land by a bank beside the stream, where it ran swiftly, the water bubbling within as if boiling. Ah, quoth Gwain, can this be the green chapel? 
Here might the devil say his matins at midnight. Now I wis there is wizardry here. Tis an ugly oratory, all overgrown with grass, and twould well beseem this fellow in green to say his devotions on devil's wise. Now I feel I in five wits. Tis the foul fiend himself who hath set me this trist to destroy me here. This is a chapel of mischance. Ill luck betide it. Tis the cruelest kirk that ever I came in. Gwen could still avoid the Green Knight's axe, for he saw it was the devil's own lair. But Gwen was a true knight, and though none but himself would know, he refused to break his covenant. Helmet on head and lance in hand, he came up to the rough dwelling. When he heard over a high hill beyond the brook, as it were in a bank, a wondrous fierce noise that rang in the cliff as if it would cleave asunder. Twas as if one ground a scythe on a grindstone. It whirled and wetted like water on a mill-wheel, and rushed and rang terrible to hear. By God, quoth Gwaine, I trow that gear is preparing for the knight who will meet me here. Alas, naught may help me, yet should my life be forfeit, I fear not a jot. With that he called aloud, Who waiteth in this place to give me tryst? Now is Gwaine come hither, if any man will aught of him, let him hasten hither now or never. The green knight answers the challenge. Stay, quoth one on the bank above his head, and ye shall speedily have that which I promised ye. Yet for a while the noise of wedding went on ere he appeared, and then he came forth from a cave in the crag with a fell weapon, a Danish act newly dight, wherewith to deal the blow. An evil head it had, four feet large, no less, sharply ground, and bound to the handle by the lace that gleamed brightly. And the knight himself was all green as before, face and foot, locks and beard, but now he was afoot. When he came to the water, he would not wade in, but sprang over with the pole of his axe, and strode boldly over the brent that was white with snow. Sir Gwaine did not falter. Sir Gwaine went to meet him, but he made no low bow. The other said, Now, fair sir, one may trust thee to keep tryst. Thou art welcome, Gwaine, to my place. Thou hast timed thy coming as benefit a true man. Thou knowest the covenant set between us. At this time twelve months agone, thou didst take that which fell to thee, and I at this new year will readily requite thee. We are in this valley verily alone. Here are no knights to sever us, do what we will. Have off thy helm from thine head, and have here thy pay. Make no more talking than I did when thou didst strike off my head with one blow. Gwen is a true knight. He is used to fair battle, but here he is bound by his oath and obeys the green knight. He takes off his helmet. Nay, quoth Gwaine, by God that gave me life, I shall make no moan whatever befalls me. But make thou ready for the blow, and I shall stand still and say never a word to thee. Do as thou wilt. With that he bent his head and showed his neck all bare, and made as if he had no fear, for he would not be thought a dread. As if tormenting Sir Gwaine, the green knight acts slowly and deliberately, 
giving the youthful knight every chance to run. It is hard to imagine the horror. Remember the words of the guide. The green knight, besides his terrible green appearance, is the tallest man in the world. Now he is standing over Sir Gawain, wielding the terrible axe, the head of which is four feet wide. Then the green knight made him ready and grasped his grim weapon to smite Gawain. With all his force he bore it aloft with a mighty feint of slaying him. Had it fallen as straight as he aimed, he would have ever doughty of deed been slain by the blow. But Gawain swerved aside as the axe came gliding down to slay him as he stood, and shrank a little with the shoulders for the sharp iron. The Green Knight taunts Sir Gawain. The other heaved up the blade and rebuked the prince with many proud words. Thou art not Gawain, he said, who is held so valiant that never feared a man by hill or vale, but thou shrinkest for fear ere thou feelest hurt? Such cowardice did I never hear of Gawain, neither did I flinch from thy bow or make strife in King Arthur's hall. My head fell to my feet, and yet I fled not, but thou didst waxed faint of heart ere harm befall thee. Wherefore must I be deemed the braver knight? Gawain defends his behavior. Quoth Gawain, I shrank once, but so will I no more. Though and my head fall on the stones, I cannot replace it. But haste, Sir Knight, by thy faith, and bring me to the point. Deal me my destiny, and do it out of hand, for I will stand thee a stroke, and move no more, till thine axe have hit me my troth on it. The Green Knight does not hesitate, but as if further taunting Gawain, the Green Knight feigns a blow. Have at thee then, quoth the other, and heaved aloft the axe with fierce mien, as if he were mad. He struck at him fiercely, but wounded him not, withholding his hand ere it might strike him. True to his word, Gawain stood steady. Gawain abode the strike, and flinched in no limb, but stood still as a stone or the stump of a tree that is fast rooted in the rocky ground with a hundred roots. The Green Knight says an odd thing, as if he greatly respected Sir Gawain. Then spake gaily the man in green, So now thou hast thine heart whole, it behooves me to smite. Hold aside thy hood that Arthur gave thee, and keep thy neck thus bent, lest it cover it again. Sir Gawain, however, is not amused. Then Gawain said angrily, Why talk on thus? Thou dost threaten too long. I hope thy heart misgives thee. The Green Knight answers in kind. He lifted the axe lightly and let it fall with the edge on the blade on the bare neck. Though he struck swiftly, it hurt him no more than on the other side where it severed the skin. The sharp blade cut into the flesh so that the blood ran over his shoulder to the ground. Gawain erroneously assumed that the Green Knight had missed. That freed him from his oath. And when the knight saw the blood staining the snow, he sprang forth swift-footed, more than a spear's length, seized his helmet and set it on his head, cast his shield over his shoulders, drew out his bright sword, and spake boldly. Never since he was born was he half so blithe. Sir Gawain said, Stop, Sir Knight, bid me no more blows. I have stood a stroke here without flinching, and if thou give me another, I shall requite thee, and give thee as good again. 
by the covenant made betwixt us in Arthur's hall, but one blow falls to me here. Halt, therefore. The green knight's demeanor changed. Then the green knight drew off from him and leaned on his axe, settling the shaft on the ground and looking on Gwain as he stood all armed and faced him fearlessly. At heart it pleased him well. The green knight speaks kindly. Then he spake merrily in a loud voice and said to the knight, Behold, sir, be not so fierce. No man here hath done thee wrong, nor will do save by covenant as we made at Arthur's court. I promise thee a blow, and thou hast it. Behold thyself well paid. I release thee of all other claims. If I had been so minded, I might perchance have given thee a rougher buffet. First I menace thee with a feigned one, and hurt thee not for the covenant that was made in the first night, and which thou didst hold truly. All the gain didst thou give me as a true man should. The other feigned I proffered thee for the morrow. My fair wife's kissed thee, and thou didst give me her kisses. For both days I gave thee two blows without scathe. Two men, two return. But the third time thou didst fail, and therefore hast thou that blow. For tis my weed that wearest, that same woven girdle, my own wife wrought it, that do I wot, forsooth. Now know I well thy kisses in the conversation, and the wooing of my wife, for twas mine own doing. I sent her to try thee, and in sooth I think that thou art the most faultless knight that ever trode earth as a pearl among white peas is of more worth than they, so is Gwain, I faith by other knights. But thou didst lack a little, Sir Knight, and was wanting in loyalty, yet that was for no evil work, nor for wooing neither. But because thou lovest thy life, therefore I blame thee the less. Finally, Gawain gets it. Everything's revealed. Never had he before suspected that his battle was against evil and not against the Green Knight. Had he committed adultery with the Green Knight's wife, the axe would have severed his head, for it was a just sentence. The Green Knight's axe represented justice, but justice had no hold over Gawain except for the little white lie about the golden green scarf, which Gawain falsely thought had magic powers. He discovered virtue and faith in God was the greater armor. Indeed, he understood the words of Paul. Put on the whole armor of God, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. 
Ephesians 6, 11-18 Gawain was mortified by his weakness. Then the other stood a great while, still sorely angered and vexed within himself. All the blood flew to his face, and he shrank for shame as the green knight spake. And the first words he said were, Cursed be ye, cowardice and covetous, for in ye is the destruction of virtue. Then he loosed the girdle and gave it to the knight. Lo, take there the falsity, may foul befall it. For fear of thy blow, cowardice bade me make friends with covetousness and forsake the customs of largus and loyalty, which befit all knights. Now am I faulty and false, and have been afeard. From treachery and untruth came sorrow and care. I avow to thee, Sir Knight, that I have ill done, do then thy will. I shall be more wary hereafter. The Green Knight, however, is the wiser person. He laughs at Sir Gawain's false pride. Then the other laughed and said gaily, I wot I am whole of the hurt I had, and thou hast made such free confession of thy misdeeds, and hast so borne the penance of mine axe edge, that I hold thee absolved from that sin, and purged as clean as if thou hast never sinned since thou wast born. And this girdle that is wrought with golden green, like my remnant, do I give thee, Sir Gwain, that thou mayest think upon this chance when thou goest forth among princes and renown, and keep this for a token of the adventure of the green chapel, as it chanced between chivalrous nights. And thou shalt come again with me to my dwelling, and pass the rest of this feast in gladness. Then the Lord laid hold of him, and said, I wot we shall soon make peace with my wife, who was thy bitter enemy. Sir Gawain does not go home with the green knight, but he keeps the golden green scarf to remind him of his human frailty. When he tells the tale to the other knights of the round table, they all from that day forth wear a golden green scarf in honor of Sir Gawain. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.